Greetings, SE land. This is Twig. Anthony Twig Wheeler here with a not episode 99, but yes, an episode of Twig's SE Reflections nonetheless. We're going to look at holiday sessions inside of this episode. This subject got away from me last year, right around the time that I was considering that episode, don't avoid the text. I was literally avoiding the text in doing an episode about the importance and our role and the helpfulness sometimes of SE style sessions and people coming into contact with SE style practitioners around the holidays, because they're kind of like stressful times, you know, it brings up a lot of stuff. There's a lot of goodness in it, a lot of goodness to be found in the holidays, no doubt. And not everybody has access to it, feels that way, has ever really felt that way or feels that way anymore because of something that's happening or has happened or whatnot. So as a theme, holiday sessions sometimes uh, become, you know, it's like we get into a session around this time of year, recording this early November 2016, and we get into a session and we realize, oh, the reason, the reason for this sense of things today is in direct relationship because of the holidays, and particularly the six weeks around, you know, middle November to the end of the year, calendar year. The solstice season happens in there too, December 21st. And, you know, it's a, it's a thing. So it's a theme and I've, and I've, I've completely avoided talking about it on this podcast before. Yes, I have, because I knew that I wanted to talk about it and that it's a theme that I should talk about. And last year I tried to talk about it. You don't know that because it, it didn't publish before I left last year for Australia which is where I was as that season got going. And then it was like this podcast has become for the last month. It became the silence that had gone on too long. Remember that episode? That's back in the archives. The silence that goes on too long. That is a dangerous thing. You have that in sessions, right? I get those in sessions sometimes. It's like, oh my goodness, why haven't I said anything yet? I should have said something by now. If I had said something by now, it would be easier to know what to say next. But because I haven't said anything and he hasn't said anything or she hasn't said anything and now the silence has gone on too long and it's going to feel awkward if I say something now because there's no reason for me to say anything about this now. So it's waited a whole year until I was in this position. Let me tell you where I'm at right now. I'm um, back in my studio. I'm back from Australia. Listeners of the show will know as I shared back in episode 98, that I would be going to assist in Australia with SE Australia and Joshua Silve for beginning one and um, half of beginning two in Sydney. That was fantastic. Oh, I had such a great time. Just I got to see all these assistants that I, some of whom I knew and some of whom I didn't know. And of course, that's all beautiful when you get to do that. And then all these new people and coming into the training and it's like, it's like an episode actually of this podcast series. I'm not sure which number, but it's in there. It's like, we are everywhere. It's like there are SE practitioners everywhere. And they're all so interesting and doing such interesting things. 
I think that that is one of the great rewards of getting to hang out in the trainings is realize, wow, back home, there are all these people who are meeting with their clients, probably hanging out more with their family, definitely hanging out more with themselves in this kind of way, in this kind of like aware of what's going on in the nervous system as one basic kind of way to say it, basic awareness of that that stuff matters and that you can attend to that in ways that help things just work better, be nicer, be softer, not so tense, be great. It's great to meet everybody down there. And then also what's good, what was good about that trip was that I got to see an old friend of mine, a dear, dear friend of mine, Joshua Silvey, as a faculty, as a teacher presenting SE to the front of the room with the training. And wow, man, can I tell you, I was so excited. I was psyched. I was having a hard time sitting in my seat. I was kind of bubbly most of the time. Well, what what do you do? You know, when you when you care about somebody and you see that person get to do the thing that they do really, really well. I first met him. He was exposing me to kind of like eco-psychology, nature, self, reweaving interaction kind of things. And he was just so good at it with me. And it was so good to see him do that with such vigor and rigor. He had so many fine quotes and insights. I was, I was all about the notes. He had all kinds of thoughts and studies I'd never considered before. I was so proud and super excited. I felt good. Then I came home and now I'm on this kind of roll that I'm doing. You don't know this either, but I have just, I've been working on this thing with the polyvagal theory for a very long time. And I'm almost thinking that I might finally finish it <laughs> soon. And at the same time, as you know, well, maybe a regular listener here would know that I've got like two more full episodes of the podcast still waiting to be done. Episode 99 and episode 100, the project having always set up to go to 100. And here's the thing, you know, if I was different or those two episodes were different, then it would probably already be done, you know, because we've got a great track record here. We got 98 episodes in the archives. This episode here, uh, talking about holiday sessions, probably going to go back and fill in one of the short, short little episodes back in the 50s series. So this will be in the archives as well as an episode at some point with a number. But for right now, we'll just say it's it's not episode 99. But, you know, if 99 and two, 100 were different, or if I was different, I think I could already have them done because I know what they're about and I know what I'm trying to do with them. But it turns out they're too complex for me and who I am. So I'm working on them and I can't let them be not what I think they are supposed to be for me and for what I'm doing. So I'm still, oh, oof, you got to know. Mm. It, got, gets, it gets me twisted up. And then I unwind and say part of the whole part pattern of this project was to try to loosen up on uh, 
you know, kind of making sure that perfection, perfection remains the enemy. Or as my father added in the other day, perfection is the enemy of the good. Yeah, sometimes it's got to be good enough. Many of these episodes have only been good enough, and that's part of why they've succeeded, is that they've gotten out there because they were good enough and not the perfection or the eloquence or exhaustive that um, such a thing could want to have been. Episode 99 and 100, I, I don't know, I'm just digging in. We'll just have to see what happens next. On the way there, let's talk about holiday sessions so that I can repair my avoiding the text from last year and I don't know, you know, maybe give you some, hopefully some pointers, but maybe, maybe not, you know, because actually part, part of why I avoided the text is I kind of avoid these myself, <laughs> but that, that, that's true and not true. I, I'm going to explain, but um, pointers, I don't know. How about I just say, I'm giving you some accompaniment on the idea around the fact that holiday sessions are a thing. They're a thing. You have to know about them. Or you have to, if you're in the business of meeting with people and you're going to keep your office open through the holidays, very likely that you're going to have a holiday session or, or a bunch of sessions become about the fact that it's the holidays, about the fact that a person's returning home for the holidays, that they're having guests, that they don't have guests, that they feel alone in the holidays, that the, the roads and the malls are so stressful, that it's financially difficult to meet, that there's so many obligations to have, that the, the boss really won't recognize everybody and give the time off. There'll be, there'll be like stuff around the holidays. And, you know, you could kind of just fold that in as nothing special, you know, just the season or whatnot. Or, you know, we could, we could just talk about it a little bit because there's, there's like stuff in here, you know, there's material, all that somatic, you know, reverberation kind of stuff. People come into reenactment stuff that happens around the holidays in a big way. It's a, it's a hugely visceral experience for a lot of people. It brings up a lot of emotions for people. People have dedicated images to what they expect to do and encounter and the nostalgia of how they anticipate it to be and how it may or may not reproduce that way and all these kinds of things. There can be a lot of red vortex, a lot of trauma happens somehow around the holidays. It's like, you know, is, is that true statistically? I, I, I don't know, but it definitely has the feeling of that. Yeah, as you, particularly you meet with any individual client, they'll just be like, the holidays are a, a time that they just maybe, you know, wish wouldn't happen, or if it has to happen, that they could just be narcotized in getting through it. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe now um, there's something to be said for helping people handle that better or have it not be so bad, or if it is going to be bad, be able to protect oneself better, or in some cases have an advocate for 
individuating from the holidays and not having anything to do with them or renegotiating um, based on like the reenactment scenario of like coming around in the year cycle, there's a theme that brings up similar feeling states and it makes it difficult to experience the holidays in a new way because a person is just feeling how bad they felt back then again. And the holidays happen to be the season that triggers that up again. And it makes it so they, even if they wanted to experience the holidays in a new way, they would have a difficult time doing so. And then here we are with all these kind of tools of the trade now of helping people decathect their anxieties about things, their feeling states, their intensive responses to notions, ideas, memories, including somatic memories, right? Like we are able to help people feel less anxiety about getting in a car after they've been in an accident. If we help to kind of get the right exposure and titrate and discharge and find the completion of the self-protective responses and, you know, slowly, perhaps sometimes more quickly, depending on the resilience, relative resiliency of the person involved and our kind of ability to join with them at the right level for them, et cetera, et cetera. It's like we can help people have less stuff around things that are noted to be dangerous. Well, the holidays for some people are noted to be dangerous. They will note that for you. They, I, I, I guarantee somebody can tell you any day now just how much they hate the holidays. For them, it's just like a car accident. And we can, you know, within the bounds of a contract that's established with, with our clients, we can help them to negotiate the holidays with less stress or even perhaps I can say this because I know that it's true, um, renegotiate the holidays altogether where they turn out to be an enjoyable, if not a really joyous experience, depending on the person and the person's desires, or even sometimes just because they become so pro-social and find themselves in a positive circumstance that makes it new, that um, carries a new possibility. Yeah available because of a new neuroception that isn't repeating the same triggers from the past happens sometimes even full renegotiation for people who at one time dreaded the holidays i've seen it i know it's true so let's talk about some of all of that yeah it's a thing it's a thing and so being able to parse out what we might do you know you're going to have your own things i'll tell you what i think about one is that Different people want different things from the holidays, you know, particularly living in an eclectic culture. You've got so many different representations of what the holidays means. And if you're working in any kind of community that has variance in that kind of way, you might end up with a lot of different people who some folks are just, you know, enthusiastic about the family get together. Some people they just really take they take the holiday as a vacation from work and they they go far away there is an entire range of religious observancy and participation and obligation all of these things make it so that it differs for people people have different expectations and within the kind of trauma spectrum you know different people have different 
associations with it and different levels of interest and engagement and hurt, all of this. So when I'm getting practical about, oh, this is looking like a holiday session, a session that's going to have a focus or a series of sessions that are going to have a focus around the holidays. You know what I do? I kind of have a conversation and get some information and insight about what this person expects from the holidays, what the holidays are for this person, who they are in relation to the holidays. I don't make any assumptions anymore. I could easily make some assumptions, right? Like I could say, oh, you know, this category of person feels about the holidays in this kind of way. And I could even judge that based on my own, you know, precon preconceptions of the holidays. Not going to be true. Not going to happen. It, you know, every once in a while I meet somebody who has a similar background to mine with the holidays. You know, it's kind of like absolute thrilling enjoyment in a la-la land of complete observance when I was a boy and then just shattered by the reality of, you know, modern life coming on to bear and, and find out that it was all just a scam. And then just, you know, my own family dynamics that go behind it. I have, I have my own unique, what, what are the holidays about kind of perspective? My clients aren't going to share that. And I'm not going to know one client to the next who and how each of them relates to the holidays unless I ask them, unless I get some information. And that matters for everything else that I might try to do toward attending to holiday sessions. And so I ask those kinds of questions. I, I say things like, well, you know, can we, can we talk about it a little bit, you know, about the season, about the holidays, like how it is for you, how, like, what you hope, what you want, what you don't want, what it does for you. I look for the right questions for the person, depending on what we're kind of focusing in on and starting to get evidence for. But I don't progress without having some overview of what this person's desires and expectations are about. And then, you know, for me, you do what you do, of course, but what I'm looking for is how can I help this person have less stress response or less impact from the stress response on their ability to engage the dynamics that they have inside of the holidays. So that if it's a family situation that is challenging for them and they're going to be going to that family situation, it's, it's not unlike, it, I hate to say this here, but it's, it's not unlike going into a surgery you know, if there's enough time beforehand to uncouple and do some renegotiation work and just try to get the general specific, specific general, the general specific noise, you know, around specific signals and reactions, responses, you know, because if it's kind of, if it's that thematic, then it, there's probably some sincere self-protective responses that want to happen and that if they could happen, if we had enough time and enough participation and engagement and interest, we could do a few sessions around, I don't know, whatever the storyline is that most appropriately calls up similar kinds of somatic cues and signals and impressions that say, 
I hate the holidays and this is what it makes me feel for those folks that this is an issue. And this is what I will encounter as I go into these relational dynamics, choosing that thread for a moment here in the example. And then as we talk around past stories or around the images and the ideas of what it might be like to make those encounters this year and things like, what would you want to say if you could say anything? What would you want to do? What did you want to do? All of those kind of session dynamics become like kind of the work of renegotiation, which is lovely because it could totally make a difference for somebody in being able to go toward those triggers again and not necessarily, not no promises at all. But the idea, right, is that you'll just feel less bothered by that situation and you'll be able to respond to it from a more novel, more spontaneous, more now kind of state as compared to having quite so much color and influence from these incomplete self-protective responses that are more to do with what was initiated in precipitating events inside of those similar family or relational seasonal dynamics in the past. So that's, that's a little bit like what, you know, we're talking about in episode 98 about preparing for surgery. If it's far enough in advance that we can do some renegotiation work and get some settling around those cues that make it uncomfortable to be going into in the first place. Wow, that's cool, you know, because then, you know, it could be not quite such a big deal. Not as big a deal. That's what, that's what somebody might say about that. I went to the holidays after we did those sessions and I saw my uncle and that, you know, it wasn't as big a deal. Like I, I hate him, you know, somebody will say that for some righteous reason in some way. And, and it'll just be like, but it wasn't as bad for me to be there. Something like that. That's worth, um, offering up and figuring out how you might contract for that as you hear, what are people looking for inside of their desire for the holidays? Sometimes it's about just trying to take down the response beforehand so that a person can go into the circumstance and the situation that they were essentially obligated or going to do anyway, but not have quite as much charge or pressure from those incomplete responses, um, kind of biting for like the next fight or the next reason to run or something like that. So that's that's one element in here. And that's somewhere that I start to go once we get what do they want out of the holidays is I start kind of looking at what I have to offer. One of those is renegotiation work around just trying to make the holidays less triggering by helping to complete some of the self-protective responses associated to past triggering events around the holidays, something like that. Another offer I might come into here is talking about modulating. That's one way I think of it now, like modulating the arousal or the activation during the holidays, particularly discrete events like family parties or travel. That's one thing that comes up for people as people travel more in the holiday season. And if they have a fear of flying, you could be having a holiday season session. You could be having a holiday session that has 
you know, all kinds of stuff in it because of the holidays and the pressure of the family for me to be able to go home for the holidays. It makes it so I have to fly. And that puts me inside of my anxiety about flying. And then I feel pressured by my family, the fact that I'm uncomfortable about flying. That session happens. So in there, there's another offer of kind of like harm reduction of going through these events one could think of it as going through the entire season in a harm reduction kind of man- manner, pattern, attention. Like, how are we going to attend to all of this? We're just going to recognize that it's harmful. It's difficult. It's challenging. Some people it is, and it's only going to be that way. And so the request is to be able to get through it, or the offer is to be able to get through it with less stress or less impact from it, or with it not being as bad as it would be otherwise. In which case, in the holiday session, there is this opportunity to talk about self-care strategies inside of uncomfortable circumstances. You know, how to calm yourself down in the midst of other people riling you up or your proximity to them bothering you. It's kind of a skill. Not everybody has it. It's certainly not always possible inside of return to an environment that you have felt is actively threatening, which I've kind of taken a thread on the holiday session that that is what happens. Not everybody has that concern. That is definitely one thread that comes up in holiday sessions in trauma offices. It's true. Not always, not always, not always. I want to just say not always, but I've taken that thread. So it could say, you know, it's like there are a lot of reasons to feel this and see this and for this to be experienced as a dangerous circumstance or a dangerous situation. This is kind of like especially true holiday sessions I have found college people, college age people who have left home and now they're returning home. And in the time away from home, they've had a couple of years, a little bit of space and a little reflection on, you know, just how hostile the season can be and all of these kinds of things. And then, the, you know, there can be this deep awareness of that hostility and the discomfort inside of that. And yet they're somehow obligated to go, likely to go, going to go. And therefore there are holiday sessions out there in our offices that sometimes go around helping them, you know, normalize the truth of that or accept the truth of that or get some reflection on just how uncomfortable it sounds to be, some empathy, also some ideas just on how to, um, that person based on the work you're doing could best help themselves stay a little bit more regulated, feel a little bit calmer, a little safer, um, make walks available to themselves. One that often I end up getting down to is that even in a social setting, if you set, step off to the bathroom and you take just a little bit longer in the bathroom than normal, then you get even a tiny little bit more time out of that dangerous situation. It's a tiny, tiny little step in the right direction of saying, okay, I don't have to be stuck in this the entire time, which is that word that I mentioned before is like efforts toward helping to modulate activation and arousal through a circumstance or event, a time that is known, it's, it's known that it's going to be stressful. 
So you kind of want to have a, like a rationale that says, it's okay to try to take care of myself to intentionally do things in order to take care of myself, because I recognize that it's inherently stressful for me to go through this, in this case, a holiday family meeting that is felt to be kind of like just too uncomfortable, you know? And then like, what am I going to do? Well, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to recognize that it's stressful. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to recognize that there might be things, there should be things that I can do, that should do, in order to modulate my stress response of that so it's not as uncomfortable as it's going to be anyway. And then once you start looking around for that, what could you do? And as somatic practitioners, you know, you and I, we, we get to give people ideas and help people explore different feelings with that, you know, like... Here's an interesting example of, of, uh, of a thing, which you might be very well aware of, in which case you and I are in the same boat, exact same boat, if you're already aware of this idea. So you know we have that cool exercise, often done as an exploration of the felt sense where one person stands in place and then has a partner stand at a distance and then walk toward them. The idea being that as the person standing in place feels into themselves while the person walking toward them approaches, there will be a kind of a first hint signal, some twitch or sensation inside or feeling of woe, something that says, whoa, 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 stop right there. Some first initial felt sense reflection that says, that's my boundary. That's my limit. That's the place that once you pass there, things have just changed. The dynamic has just changed. You're somehow kind of more or less in my bubble or in my boundary. And interestingly, that's a flexible kind of thing. Not for everybody. Some people it gets kind of fixated in one place, too close, too far away, whatnot. But in general, and as we do work and what's not, our nervous system feels less threatened, I would say, we have a more variable kind of permeable membrane there of how close a person can get and before that signal goes off. And it largely often depends on how they approach their speed, their tone, their face, their posture, their attitude, right? The impression that it makes on you so that a person approaching nicely and a person approaching nicely but with need might cause a different woe factor of like whoa okay that's enough of that well you can do this same kind of felt sense exploration and and you probably have done something just like this if not exactly this where the person stands in place and the partner in this case would be you the practitioner walks in a kind of semicircle at some distance out, a couple meters out from the person standing in place, walks in a semicircle around the person, usually about 180 degrees in front, meaning from the peripheral side, 90 degrees out from the body, and then to the other side, 180 degree arc, so that they essentially can always see you. There's some reason and rationale to do it, with the person behind you, person standing has the partner walking behind, but always let's keep in mind, walking behind our clients is a whole nother level to raise the 
felt sense stress response. So let's try to avoid that whenever possible. So there's this arc out in front of the person, but it's from a pretty wide arc out on the right side, reaching out around in an arc off to the left. And you kind of do this same slow pacing felt sense exploration of like, where is it easiest for the practitioner in this case to be, which arc, which angle, how close, how far, and which is the hardest. And not everybody will have this, but we, you'll find that people have very discrete windows of tolerance and, and windows of like, I, when you get over on my left side there, I just, I feel so agitated, right? And then on, you get over on the right side and it totally settles me out and I don't mind looking at you over there. And people will have fairly discrete and repetitive, meaning that they'll feel the same kinds of things however you repeat and whenever you repeat the experiment. And when you find those places, it's good both as exploration for somebody to be like, oh, you know, how do I explore my felt sense? But also for the holiday session, where not to sit in the table and where not to hang out with people in the party if it turns out that it's easy to get agitated with a practitioner off to the left of you the client would be much better off to make sure that they are kind of like choosing the seat that doesn't put in this case i apologize but i i said this like the uncle to the left right like if if there's an agitating figure in the group it's good to try to figure out where and how we're going to sit in relationship to them so that my body's that much more resourced, we could call it, right? That much more um, in charge and um, in, in the, more of a signal of safety than at the more or less weaker position. So like that's actually helpful to figure out how to figure this out, where to sit. Not that you can always affect it and not that a client can always affect it, but it's it's the notion that, oh, I can go into this and do things on my behalf that help me to not feel as agitated by the experience as it happens. And that matters. Taking a little extra time in the bathroom matters. Where we sit at, dur during the meals and conversations and everything, it matters. Taking extra time in the kitchen or with the young people or all of these kinds of things having, I would say, um, credence or credibility that one can a little work a little bit on their self-protectiveness, their, you know, how they can self-protect themselves through this circumstance rather than just be at its whim. It's worth a conversation. To get that conversation going, as I was saying before, I'd contract for it. You know, I'd make sure that this was something that they wanted to do and wanted to look into. And then there could just be, once that's available, once that in, once that's interesting, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I have the holidays coming and it's like this big thing for me and I don't want to do it like this. Then there might be quite a few activities that you already know about that you could give credibility to your client utilizing in the midst of these circumstances that they don't like. And one that I would think of would be something like the three by three or the simulated pendulation or the half sandwich, you know, like looking out, feeling in, looking out, like carrying that as a structured thing to do for the more or less 
more distressed people inside of these situations that are anxiety provoking so that they have something to do in the midst of everybody being around them, as well as environment selection, where you're going to sit, who you're going to hang out with, what you're going to do, preparing thoughts about um, timing and reasons for leaving early and, you know, those kinds of things. Sometimes it's helpful to be able to strategize with people about that. And yes, dear practitioner, sometimes that that comes to you. You can be a more level-headed, um, you know, <laughs> a reference for uh, what's what's really going to work, you know, for what their aims are in relationship to um, their desires for the holiday. So that's that's like kind of my classic work, doing past renegotiation work in order to um, more or less get the reenactment signal out of the holidays and just try to make it so you can attend fresh. And then having sometimes fairly detailed conversations and explorations around how to manage or modulate one's stress response inside of dangerous, uncomfortable circumstances. And both granting the rationale of it and also providing up some techniques and such. Not exhaustive here. There's more, of course. There's working with people in the military or with folks who have family away for the holidays. So there's a whole kind of, or loss, family loss at the holidays. That's another big one. That's kind of like present moment, you know, support, accompaniment. You're all up for that. I don't need to go over those kinds of things. You'll be in the moment when somebody is crying with you, won't you? Yeah, that's probably what they're going to need the most. And then I wanted to say one last thing about holiday sessions. There are people, in my world at least, that they come to the holiday session with a kind of it's a kind of like request for permission to excuse themselves from the holidays altogether. You know, I don't know why that happens. Um, but, but maybe it happens for you too. That it's almost like they're coming and asking me for permission. And it, I don't know if they like intuited that I have more or less emancipated myself from the traditional holiday um, patterns in the United States, but I'm not, I'm not like antagonistic to them anymore. And I'm appreciative that people just have their different stance on it. It might be that it's something not just personal to me, but something that you will encounter as well. And it it might come from something about like just the kind of ethos that we're all carrying around how there's a certain certain rightness to allowing your I'm going to say this. There's a certain rightness to allowing your felt sense impressions to redirect your activities. Even if you have been dedicated for a long time or have been expected to be involved in for a long time, cultural forms that have more or less negated your physiological kind of like felt sense yes buttons that say, yes, this is a good thing to be doing. Now, presumably from a kind of cultural anthropology perspective, it might be that a lot of things that make 
people today approach the holidays, not all of them, definitely not all of them. Some of them just want to cringe and scream and feel like if I could just get out of the entire thing and go sit on the beach, that would be everything I want. Like if it could be that at one time, the traditions and kind of things that made the holidays a generally supportive thing have now just become kind of too burdensome or too much for some people to want to continue to engage with when at the same time their felt sense impression is telling them, no, why would I do that? You know, I love you and I, I want to, you know, I want to participate with appreciation and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But, you know, as an example, I, I have a lovely dear friend in Brazil who's just like, the financial burden put on the by the rules of giving a gift to everybody is not a not a thing that my physiology can support. I, I think that's a I think that's a valid kind of self of sense of self protection, and I find it, historically in my practice over the last ten years that people sometimes come for the holiday session to kind of work on the justification or the acceptance of the feeling that they've gotten out of other parts from our work that says that they shouldn't and they don't need to um, more or less reinforce or continue to participate with cultural forms that have been part and partial to their sense of dysregulation. And, you know, to some extent people, I've seen people try to like trans translate this and such. And I've seen some people like just cut off altogether and go sit on the beach for sure. I've done that. That's what I did for the longest of times. And, you know, and I've seen people try to do negotiations between it all and everything. But I think that might be something that happens. And it's an interesting conversation because, of course, it comes back to, well, what do you want? And inside of your emancipation from the, the troubled and repetitive feeling states around these dynamics and decisions, like, you know, what, what's best for you and your family and your history and your people and, uh, and your life in general? Sometimes maybe that's, um, maybe that's to relax around the same events differently as much as it is to walk away from them. Just saying, I don't know what the right thing is. I just know that it's interesting to be inside the question with people. Yes, indeed. Okay, my friends, holiday sessions, it's a thing. You're going you're gonna to have one come in next week. Should I go home for the holidays? It's a good question. As we talk about it, what do you notice happens inside? And with that, my friends, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's be done. Yes, yes. The nice thing about the holidays is that they're always a time-limited thing. That's kind of the point of them. And if they're hard on somebody, good thing, we're already moving toward when they'll be over. For those of us that it's a joy and an ease and a pleasure to engage the holidays. I hope that you get to really lean into that because 
whew, anytime we can get some of that joy, we should do so. Then, then I'll say, I'll say goodbye for now. Bye bye now. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Well, here I'll do a little tracking twig moment for uh, this non-episode for now. Let's see. I am headed to Japan soon. I'm going to be in Japan for a month. I'll be presenting on the polyvagal theory and communications with clients based on a kind of Porgesian perspective. Like, how do you really talk to somebody and freeze? Like, what's what really is the best tone of voice? That kind of thing. That's going to be us coming right up. I'm packing my bags now, actually. I'm still working on episode 99 and 100. Oh, thanks for cheering me on. Everybody cheer. Yeah! Yay! Um, I don't know. I'll be back. That's how, that's how, that's what I can say about it. I will not, I will not be done. I will not rest until this is finished. The other thing to share is that I'll be doing my own holiday sessions in Seattle, Washington. Have a few openings left there. Seattle, uh, around the 20th of December 2016. Something I used to like to do is go to Seattle and spend a little time there right before solstice time, meet with people. I'm going to do it again. I'll be there. Liberationispossible.org slash schedule. And then in the new year, I'm going to move to Los Angeles, California. I am. I'm going to go down there for a time. Really looking forward to it. Everybody in LA, let's have a good time. Okay, I hope that all of you are getting ready to wash off and move on from the stresses of the last little while inside of our world. Hope that things get a little softer coming up here real soon. Wishing you good days. Take care. That's that. <laughs>